Once again, time for the Geek Wolfpack podcast. This is a special event. This is a two-part episode. Uh, it'll be episodes 101 and 102, um, where <clears throat> I get a chance to interview a couple of folks, a couple of gamers who have played uh, Game of the Year nominee. Argue, argument could be made, you know, depending on which award show you're watching, that you know, whether or not it should have won it already. Um, the Last of Us Part Two. And this is going to be about the game itself, the experience, the storytelling, uh, and, and the emotions that go with it all. The guests are Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly, our, our usual co-host. Uh, T. Morris from uh, the Shared Desk podcast, as well as Happy Hour from the Tower, our Destiny podcast. Uh, and then blind gamer Steve Saylor, uh, who you can find in youtube.com slash snowball um, for his talk about accessibility, uh, etc. That's a big topic in this in this particular uh, in this particular set of shows. So these go a little long, but I think the guys had a lot of good things to say, and I definitely can tell you that they had some serious, like, emotional moments. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, without any further ado, this is The Last of Us Part Two special, and uh, geek out. Okay, so everybody exhale. We're going to talk about the gameplay as opposed to the game story. So everybody, like, we're, we're through it, I think. Uh, I'm, I have I have a couple I have a handful of questions and I have a couple that T had from chat, and then we will um, we'll finish with the uh, reaction stuff and then I will warn you that there is a lightning round at the end because that's my new that's my new GM. Yeah. Cool. So cool. Uh, first thing is uh, the amount of customization that you can do in terms of gameplay. Does anybody have a other than the accessibility stuff because we hit that earlier on? But anybody have an opinion on that? Probably. Steve. You guys go ahead. I, you know, you know, I, I, I mentioned that on the, on the <laughs> I, already. I just, I played, I played this game in the out of box mode. I didn't want to try to modify it. I didn't want to make it any harder. I didn't want to make it any easier. I just want to be like, okay, this is the standard version. The Naughty Dog says this is the baseline, and from here we can build. You can, you can go from here to there. What I was more impressed with was after you finished the game, you unlocked some absolutely ridiculous modifications that I'm because I remember saying at the end of it, I said, I will probably never play The Last of Us 2 again because I don't think I can handle it. Then I saw all the ridiculous mods that I unlocked and I said, okay, I could see me doing this for fun. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like they have everything from you can play it in the mode of a comic book where everything yep. looks like a graphic novel. Um, you can actually add in matrix bullet time uh, effects. You can make it to where um, you have unlimited resource, where you where you have unlimited resources, unlimited ammo, and then. But the one I thought was was the most ridiculous was uh, uh, touch of death, where one melee punch will take out anything. And I yep. was like, okay, you know. And it, <laughs> yep. But I got there's I, even I, uh, there's even a mode in there. Uh, I don't know. T- I don't know if, t- if you saw it, but there's a it's called grounded uh, where if you play the game on grounded uh, difficulty, uh, you have one life. If you die, you go right back to right the beginning of the game. Yeah, the oh, yeah. Yep. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yep. But I didn't. 
didn't take advantage of any of those mods. I didn't. Well, you can't until it's over, right? Right. Well, yeah. Well, there, right. there are some, yeah. there are some that you can't until you're done. And of course, they also have the uh, the new game plus, which is where I could play the original game again, but with all the stuff that I got the beginning with. Uh, and I'm yeah, like, oh. that's what a lot of games have done and need to do yeah. if they haven't. Yeah. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, so that means I can start the game with a flamethrower. I'm in. You know. <laughs> So think, Pretty thinking, much. thinking about, um, I think that probably the gaming wise, the closest experience I have to something like this was Detroit Become Human, right? And thinking about what that game was like, it, it seemed like there were as many cinematics as there, as there was gameplay. And do you do you feel there's the, there's a good enough balance in this game? And and also, you mentioned like the decision gets made at the end of the the original game. Do, do you feel like you had enough choice, or do you feel like you were sort of slave because the story had to go one way or another? I think the I think the game definitely makes its makes its choices for you. Um, I don't think that there was really any um, sort of decision that the player gets to make. Uh, you're really you're playing as as Ellie or as Abby, and. Uh, um, and the game will pretty much just give you a little bit of freedom to, to kind of to do to, to complete the the task or the story uh, as you wanted to. But in reality, like the the story beats pretty much are exactly the same. Um, I don't think uh, I think there was actually a pretty good balance of uh, cinematics and, and gameplay. Um, there were a few definitely like some, some longer scenes and uh, and stuff like that. But I don't think that they were. Um, I don't think I, I, let's say I wasn't sitting there bored, uh, and just, uh, <laughs> uh, waiting for the, for the, like, I was like, oh man, just can, can we just get back skip to the game? Cinematic, please? Skip cinematic, skip cinematic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think I ever felt that in, in any way, shape or form. And even in the kind of side conversations you have with some of the characters, um, I, I, I never, I never felt I wanted to skip any of that just to kind of, uh, move on. So. Uh, for me, no, I think it, it it struck a pretty good balance uh, throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole thing. There were a couple of cinematics I replayed, uh, especially mm. when, when Steve told me that um, that uh, one of the one of the voice actors was actually uh, a James Bond and Westworld alumni. Yep. Um, he uh, he's the guy that plays uh, the the guy that the guy that played uh, Bernard in Westworld and Felix Leiter in the Craig Bond films. Uh, voices isaac the head of the uh the wlf and his cinematic was so damn good i was like oh chat i gotta watch that again and uh and it, it's 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 a brutal one too because it's one where the door opens and you see isaac backlit or, or actually he's front lit but his but his profile is being broken up by the shadow of a guy who is backlit but you can tell that he is naked and he is uh he is uh, uh connected to a car battery and that's all you know. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, so we're doing this. And um, I mean, just, I, I, I did. I, I felt like um, I would lose myself just as just as deeply into the cinematics as I did into the gameplay. And I just, I, 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 I felt that, I never felt like it was gameplay, cinematic game. I felt like they were, they were, they were intertwined very, very nicely into it. What about you, B? Uh, I think it, the PlayStation exclusives always do a great job at that. I think it's basically the perfect balance, and it's definitely done really well with the first one and the second one. I can't complain at all because it's it's not a video game; it's a it's a movie <laughs> that you can play. I I got I got I got to say this though, 
The Order 1886 was also a PlayStation exclusive, so not everyone's a coconut, as Pip would say. It's getting that. <laughs> true. Getting yeah. Out. Oh, you're talking about Jeffrey Wright. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yes. Okay. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. He's thank you. Oh, so good. Um, I know. Okay, so I'm going to ask the two that you had from chat, and then we're going to get into some of the just. Uh, no, we're going to pull back and just take a look. So the first was. Steve, how much did you get to play while you were consulting with, with Naughty Dog? And it sounded like you answered some of that already. Yeah, I'll say uh, without kind of... Well, yeah, uh, um, I, could, I, I think I could talk about this. Um, the, out of the, the sections that I got to play probably the, uh, the most are pretty much all of Seattle Day 1. Um, uh, with the basically the kind of the open world aspect of, of Seattle. And then uh pretty much uh the majority of hillcrest which is basically the suburban area uh and a few of kind of the uh the sort of the flashback scenes um including the the museum scene uh so that's probably the the time i spent uh uh the most on uh for that because pretty much within those sections you pretty much get the majority of what the gameplay uh is it, 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 like all the you pretty much hit all the gameplay elements yeah, um, absolutely, that, yeah. so Okay, uh, T. When did when did the when did the Last of Us Part Two stop being a game and become an experience instead? So, so yeah, this is this is something I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, all the way through the Last of Us up to this point, up to this particular point, this particular scene, I was I mean I was I was getting my stealth on, I was getting my my aim on, uh, I was my my archery skills way better than anything in Lara Croft or in in Destiny. Uh, you know, I was really, I've been, I was really happy with my progression, but where I felt like the game took a turn from me was the scene. I believe the character's name is Naomi, and it is a, uh, um, it's, a, it's a character that I am chasing because she has information on where, where to find Abby. I believe it is the, she's the one that tells me that it's the aquarium where she's at. But it's a scene where um, you you drop down into one of the lower sections, and I believe there is a brand new uh, baddie that you meet. It's like a it's like a uh, the, the next evolution of the bloater, where it spits out acid, um, and and it's it's all done in red light. And what happens is is that um, Naomi's mask gets gets damaged, so she's breathing in the spores, and she's not looking so hot, and. L just emerges out of the, uh, out of there and she's all she's got is a, is a I believe a crowbar or or a pipe and um, and you you go up to her you basically get the information and you basically say uh, I can either make this quick or I can draw it out but Naomi tells you everything you need to know and then L is standing over her and you're given the prompt to uh, press the square key that's 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 how much this 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 moment traumatized you press the square key and she she wails and then she stops and then you get the prompt again and as you're sitting there going do i press this again you can hear naomi gasping for breath and every time you swing that ellie's face contorts and it gets angrier and angrier and you're constantly given the prompt and you and 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 each time you get the prompt Naomi off camera and that's all you hear is you hear her off camera and worse and worse and that's when I was like okay this doesn't feel like a game anymore <laughs> this just feels like a like a test of like like how many swings can I get in 
or how many swings am I? At, at first I thought, okay, is this a timed thing? And I sat there and all I heard was, I just heard her sputtering. And I swung again. I'm like, okay, is it based on how many times I hit her? Is it? I was asking all these questions. Meanwhile, I'm watching this scene unfold before me. And I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. That's the only way I could describe it. It just didn't feel right. And, um, and I, yeah, I, um, that was when it, the, the game at that point stopped being a game and it became more of an experience. This, this, this experience of emotion. I mean, I, I can even see it in my, in my own streams. I had to literally take a half an hour to an hour just chatting with chat and having my cup of coffee and relaxing just so that I could mentally psych myself up, wind myself up so I could go into The Last of Us. I admit, I was hmm. stalling because the deep after that moment, the deeper I got into the game, the harder, and I don't mean by a skill, I'm talking about from an emotional level, it got to play both on a positive and a negative side, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's, uh, that's why I don't think it's a video game. I really do think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a completely visceral experience. And I, I loved it. I loved it. All right. So Brent, I'm going to need some clown car music. If you want to compose me something, because <laughs> the next couple questions are on the internet being the internet. Oh, oh boy. God. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There was one more question that we did get from chat. Okay. It's specifically for Steve. It's from successful geek, AKA Adam. Why is Steve so awesome? Brandon, would you like to say <laughs> I think you should kick us off with that. Why is Steve so awesome? Steve's got a smile that could light up a room <laughs> and a voice that could amplify that. Amen. The, the positive <laughs> attitude he brings to every situation is so enjoyable. He's so Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, it's his childlike wonder. Which, uh, which, which you hear when he was playing Among Us. Oh, <laughs> oh God! I loved I'm that. so sorry. I, I loved up, that so much. I was, I, w I went back and I, I, I've isolated some of the clips, and man, the clips of Steve basically, literally, just, just snow, snow blinding everyone. With with this, like, look, I was in there and I was doing this and I was doing this and I was dead because this bastard killed me. And I'm like, I didn't kill you. It was it was Phoenix. It was Pink. Was, listen to him, chat. Listen to him. Listen to him. He he is one of them. And it was just it was and, and yet he was playing this wide-eyed innocent and so many people were buying into it until the second go round. I'm like, nah, he's toast this time. He's toast. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's the it's that childlike wonder. It's that childlike wonder. All right, Rick. All right, well, uh, let's go on ahead. Let's uh, cue the clown car music. Yep. Let's hear. Let's hear this inter the internet stuff. Okay, so one of the big, and by big I mean the internet, uh, being the internet controversies <laughs> in the game was that they included Lev, who was the transgender character. So, did you have an opinion of the, and the character being included in the game? Did it did it um, impact your experience in any way, shape, or form? Okay. Um... I only had one hang up with Lev. Only one. And it was the way Abby uh, so quickly uh, went with Lev being Lev as being a he. Um, I, 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 maybe, it's, maybe it's just my impression of militia groups. Most of them leaning towards the conservative side of things as opposed to a more liberal side of things. But I just, I wasn't sure if Abby would be that hip to it, if that would make sense. 
Like I would feel like she would, I feel like she, that Abby would be struggling to remember, oh wait, Lev is identifying as male, not female. And, and that might've been a, a personal hangup to me. Um, but I just felt that that was a little, that was a weird thing that Abby was so woke about that sort of thing. And, you know, again, um, that was the only thing that bugged me as far as Lev being, uh, being transgender. Uh, I, I felt it perfect as far as a, uh, as a plot device in, in the fact that Lev was part of a cult was part of a, was part of a religious cult. Um, that I found fascinating. I found it fascinating how I, 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 I found, I found that, that Lev's entire arc, uh, what we were given of it was very organic. It never felt contrived. It never felt forced. It never felt any of that. Um, I, um, I, again, I applaud, uh, Naughty Dog for doing it. Cause again, it was, uh, it, it, it just seemed to fit seamlessly into the story. It really did for me anyway. Brandon. Uh, so I kind of disagree with the point you're making because from the very beginning, I was just like, I, I didn't even realize that Lev wasn't cis. I thought, I thought he was just a, like a brother, like naturally born male. Um, and that that could just be me being naive and not being able to tell. But uh, I think it's also there's no political correctness in a post-apocalyptic world. True. That there's also no like open internet and no source to tell you that you're wrong <laughs> or teach you in different ways that like what that is. There's so no Fox I think News. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's it's the way they've been taught, and I think with Abby's upbringing and the way her father was like teaching her, it was just a matter of she didn't prioritize caring about how someone identified. It was about keeping them alive because it's very much the Seraphites being old timey, very religious, very like, like stick to what you're, you're meant to be against Abby rebelling against everything she's ever known trying to keep this kid that she met alive. She didn't care like what was going on. She just knew that the kid was a a target for the Seraphites and needed to keep that kid alive because he was uh, valuable to her. So. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve, if you have an opinion. Oh, um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't have a, um, a, a problem with uh, Lev being uh, transgender. Um, I, I think uh, uh, at first I was like, "Oh, that's 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 definitely a, a, a pretty a pretty cool, interesting choice for uh, for a character like that in The Last of Us." And, and um, I, w- I w- was interested to kind of see further. And then um, I did hear a little bit of not necessarily the controversy. Like, I, yes, I did hear the controversy of people just not being like there. People were being upset. Like, why is there a trans character in, the, in this game? Uh, but then I also did see, even from the trans community, that there was a bit of um, an issue taken with uh, it's a, it's it, and I don't know 100% sort of the the specific um, nuances of it, but um, I do know a tiny bit just at least of the, of that conversation in regards to the fact that in the game uh, Lev is uh, what they call dead named, uh, which it uh, and there's one point where the Seraphites um, kind of very angrily call Lev by uh, Lev's original birth name really? and. Right. 
that is and that is something that um um is not it's it's not good and it basically kind of like uh it it's it kind of forces uh a a, a a confrontation um that there doesn't need to be and and um it's and, and I, I, I like I definitely like the fact that sort of Abby just kind of like when um, when she was asked by Lev, it's like, did you hear what what they uh, what they called me? And Abby was like, no, yeah, I did. But I figured you'd tell me or whatever. And it, it kind of it just it didn't matter uh, to, uh, to Abby, which was which was great. Um, so I don't think it was sort of a necessarily um, that it was that they like Naughty Dog like really really misrepresented what uh, a trans person would be like uh or the lgbtq community in, in that way but um it is something that uh, is an issue and i, I would I definitely encourage those who are listening slash watching to um to do a bit of research on it and just so you can kind of understand understand sort of the why um uh the lgbtq community did have um uh, some thoughts on that particular uh, character but and i and i would i would return by that but 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 on that on that same coin by saying well hang on a second that's exactly the way the Seraphites would have reacted. Sure. Because they yeah, did not that. agree. And and you know, if, if you want if you want context for that, look at uh look at one of the, probably one of the best uh best series that ever incorporated uh uh gay and LGBTQ uh, I plus uh characters, Sense Eight. Because if you remember one of the one of the main characters is a transgender female, but her mother who who uh who did not agree with that kept calling her michael and uh and even when even when um when when her lover was saying that's not that's not her name she said she said you stay out of this that's his name it's been that way since birth and that's the same thing that naughty dog did with the seraphites so uh i'm kind of i'm kind of surprised that that would be part of the controversy because uh because a lot of the 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 cover the basically the the was like it didn't matter like how dark and grim in the context of it uh was it, it was something that uh, could have been avoided that was kind of the, the where where at least that community had, um had sort of had sort of taken right. it um but so. I, I just think the seraphites would 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 be fighting i would be fighting lev and their identity tooth and nail so they i agree would... completely with that i have the i have that situation at work where we have someone ah. we have someone who has um uh is now is now uh, female and there are people <laughs> with you know sticks up their butts who refuse to use she and her as Jeez. as the pronouns they oh. and 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 there are a couple of us who you know have enough job security that we'll call them out if they if they do that <laughs> so, yeah yep. if it I helps i mean also as wait. well uh, as like we are uh and i don't want to uh, presume uh for, for any of you we are for straight white males yes. um so having this kind of conversation is a uh, is something that uh um uh that we are definitely not educated in sort of uh answering no. fully um and uh that's why i always encourage you to like do no, do, do some research if you can absolutely but yeah I, I i agree too but i think um having the 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 seraphite's dead name lev even shows the like one, they're terrible people. Yes, that's been known. But <laughs> it's a generational um, ignorance, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also yeah. a matter of of showing that that kind of action is associated with people, at least to Lev in that scenario, is associated with people who are 
terrible in their eyes because that's the one reason for this like this choice that's massive to a bunch of people nowadays and then something that would get Lev rejected from his society it's right. it shows that like there it's it's uh it's a metaphor or symbolism kind of thing in there definitely as like the people who do that kind of stuff is definitely are definitely not meant to be seen as good people in that story right so, so yeah it's... they're basically the sacrifice are like if the amish took a really hard left turn <laughs> <laughs> for context it... for context yeah. if it helps researching this uh there were also a lot of polarizing responses because dina is jewish so the internet is the internet oh. just oh i didn't God. even know that yeah Friggin yeah. No, 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 no. So, okay. So, oh, with that, with that in mind, God damn it, internet, grow up. With that in mind, <laughs> here's my next, my next topic. I only have two more, and then we're doing oh, lightning boy. round. The first All is, right. um, this isn't the first game to have it happen, but this game definitely got review bombed. So, <laughs> what's your take on on that approach as a way to voice your displeasure uh, about a game? This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Yeah, um, and, and by the way, chat, if any of you in chat have questions about The Last of Us or about, uh, oh, would you stop drafty? That's a terrible thing to say. Um, but, but for those of you in chat, if you all have any additional questions about The Last of Us or about uh, our experience with The Last of Us Part Two, by all means, feel free to drop them into chat now. We will, we will gladly take them. But as far as, um, as far as the review bomb aspect of it, that's just butthurt gamer boys being butthurt gamer boys. Yeah. And I and mm -hmm. I really believe that part of the reason why this game, this game in particular, I remember when I was talking to somebody in my chat about how I disagreed of the um of 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 the ending not being true to L's character. I um uh I I, I kinda I I, I I also feel that, that there's uh, there's that issue of people are saying, I waited seven years. I, I waited seven years for this game. And I was unhappy with the way it was. I mean, that's just that's just gamer privilege at its finest. Um, Naughty Dog took seven years to give us an exceptional video game. An exceptional video game. And the other thing about this game that I think that that should be noted is is that it's one of the re one of the things that makes it exceptional is that it is not a looter shooter. You are not going back to what was said earlier. When you would when you would kill somebody, whether it was a WLF or whether it was a Seraphite, you'd hear someone go Janice, Mel, Jack. Suddenly, these nameless, faceless targets, which you never heard, not even with the Fedra folks in the original Last of Us, you never heard their names. You never heard somebody say, you know, Bobby's down. I repeat, Bobby is down. You just, you just down the guy. You moved on to the next target, moved on to the next target, moved on to the next target. Here, this version of The Last of Us really did make you connect with people that, that you once regarded as targets. And now suddenly they are, they are individuals. And it, it, it and especially with Abby. I mean, one of the other reasons why I did not want to have a fight with Abby is that, is that at the very end was that L looks up to Abby uh, in, in the in the in the in the uh, was it the pillars I believe it was called, and Abby looks like she is a like twenty pounds lighter, and she looks 
and you are rescuing her just so that you can kill her. And I think even Elle at one point realizes that, but then she has the flashback to when she last saw Joel alive, and that's when she's like, we're not done yet. And I'm just like, oh. But she had to actually stoop to be like Abby and become the quote-unquote monster that she always uh, thought Abby was and threaten Lev the same way that uh, Abby had threatened Dina. And there were all these, and that, that having, have, I remember I was, I was having this discussion once with Brandon and Brandon's like, T, you're not the average gamer. <laughs> you're not the average gamer, T. And I'm like, maybe you're right, but you know, but that was the thing. And I think that was what the review bombs were really driven about was that this game really dove into your morality. And it's suddenly, and that's why I, 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 it's more than a game. It's an experience. And I, 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 I loved it. I loved it, but man, there were some points where it was hard, not, not from a difficulty, just, just emotionally hard to play this game. I rank up playing the last of us on the same levels when I went to go see Schindler's list and I was a mess after Schindler's list. Um, but that, that, that's, that's where I think, that's where I think this is coming from. I don't think, I don't think the average game gamer and gamer game reviewer wants a game that makes them think about hard stuff. They just want to, they just want to get their, their iron galley and move on. <laughs> no, you're right. A lot of gamers just try and get through the games for the like experience and stuff to say that they have. Right. Um, but I think also a lot of them, a lot of the, close-minded gamers just don't want change they want everything to be the same thing since it was in like 2005 2010 yep. to be the same streamlined stories the same overall things and i think it's it, it's not going to work there's no way that that's going to be capable in any capacity like times are changing I want and you're all gonna of, have to deal I want, with it. I want all of them in a forum, everybody you're talking about right now, to be in a forum when they cast a black James Bond. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And that James Bond is going to be Idris, Idris mother Elba. effing Elba. Yeah. I want I my God, Idris yes. Elba 007. I want that yep. more than life itself. Make that yeah, happen. And, and and I would have to agree with agree with both you guys. Um, I think, and, and uh, Metacritic actually... Um, had already had basically I think I can't remember if they had already instituted instituted this policy. I think they did, but essentially um they they added it where the user like the user vote or the user score doesn't uh get applied until after the game is out. Um because that was the problem with sort of the review bombing was that once the reviews went live on uh the week before uh the game came out, that's when basically the user uh submissions were allowed yeah. and a lot of people like a lot of just upset angry gamers especially like because there was a leak of a lot of the cinematics in um a couple months prior and one of which was uh the the death of joel and it was the sex scene between abby and, and owen and there's a few others that basically just everyone got so Bot hurt about and hated it and the, the gamer dude bros uh basically came out in full force and uh and honestly i even see, like i even personally saw it tried to ruin the the careers of uh several uh, people at naughty dog including uh, uh the director got a uh, neil Druckmann got a huge brunt of it 
And, and what really pissed me off the most, what absolutely I was ready to go on a, a, on a rampage uh, across the internet, Jay and Silent Bob style, um, <laughs> I was ready to, uh, to, to go to bat for, for Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey got not only the worst of it, uh, she was the one for the contact. She was the one who, pl who plays Abby. Mm -hmm. She got the worst of it out of every every single person, and she was getting not only like uh, uh, just uh, nasty comments uh, uh, about her and her performance, but also uh, the death threats towards her Jeez. and her family and her new oh. like and her toddler. The, she was getting DMs from people basically saying that they're gonna that they were gonna kill her kid, and I. I was so so mad about that, and it, that's when I was like, "That's not that not that moment that I, I knew that that has had to stop." I knew it from uh, way before then, but it really just shows that the, uh, that we need to get rid of these people asap in this industry because everybody's braver. Before, but yeah, the four of us, we, the four of us, and, and I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to this and, and are in T's chat, we play games for fun. We enjoy it. We enjoy even having these discussions about about the game and what we and what we love about it and what and the discourse we can have around it. But uh, when it comes to like making fun of or uh, picking on or, or or trolling people and and basically saying very extremely hurtful and bullying comments towards the people who make the game. That's that's uh, uh, like the ultimately a bridge too far. Regardless of what you feel about the game, if you didn't like the game, if you hated the game, if you thought it was absolutely like absolute dog shit, that's your opinion, and that's fine. And you're wrong. But that's <laughs> and, you're, and you're wrong, but it's, it's fine. But when you start going after the developers for basically like saying you ruined my childhood or you ruined my favorite game of all time or um or sending death threats to them and and uh like i've seen like i've like i got caught up in a little bit of it uh with just seeing like having a few of the uh, a few of those trolls kind of come after after me and i was i could only imagine what what like all the like the stuff privately that uh that some of the kind of the more public people at naughty dog were getting yep. and I, I really um, think this goes back to the, the, the way Naughty Dog and The Last of Us Part Two challenged us, not just as gamers, but as individuals, as, as human beings, as you know, about, you know, uh, you know, things like and, and when you look at when you compare the, the storytelling of The Last of Us Part One was not bad. It was it was it was just as brilliant. It was also very groundbreaking in that it was it was a much I remember when we met Kaz Anvar at Escape Velocity and Kaz Anvar said, oh, t oh, you know, we were talking about video games back and forth. You know, he was talking about Assassin's Creed. I was talking. About, but I remember he said, well, you need to play The Last of Us. You need to play The Last of Us. It's like playing a movie. And, you know, the, 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 the storytelling of The Last of Us Part One was it, it wasn't as complicated. It was a much more linear style game. The Last of Us Part Two was way more complicated from a storytelling perspective. And I don't think, I don't think the butthurt uh, gamer, gamer dude bros um, were ready for that because they don't want that kind of challenge. They're like, no, 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 no. I play video games so I can get the big gun. I can get the BFG. I can, you know, look, if you want that, great. Play Doom Eternal. There's nothing wrong with that. You play Doom Eternal for that sort of thing. But if you want what, what the three of us went through, I think, I think then if you want something a little more mature, let's just go out and say it. 
mature for video game and storytelling in video games, this is the game you want to play. This is not going to be an easy, this isn't going to be an easy in and out sort of game. This is a game that is, that is going to, like, like Nick said at the very beginning of this podcast, how long did it take for you to get, uh, to get back to a sense of normalcy? And I was stupid enough to, to finish this game four days before a freaking election <laughs> that could basically decide the direction of democracy. So, yeah, maybe my timing was a little off on it. Let's, uh, but let's go. I like, have go ahead. one more point. Okay. So uh, to the idiots that are, you know, complaining just because they don't like the story and the way that everything came out, you're not contributing. It's not your story to tell. You are not one of the people that works at Naughty Dog. You are not one of the people who gets a say in the story. It's their story. Every game that has ever come out is the developer's story to tell. And until you get off your ass, <laughs> make your own game and write your own story and do anything to that regard, then you do not get the chance to, to complain. Yep. And, and, and being look, and, and as, as my, as my, uh, my own stream found out, I was actually doing subs only near the end because I heard I was hearing stories that people were actually trolling the Last of Us directory and spoiling, you know, throwing out random spoilers to people um, just so that they could just just so they could go out and they could they could uh, they could say, hey, look what I did. You know, I'm like, look, if you don't like a game that then instead of instead of being that instead of being that guy here, here's a thought. Don't ever buy another game from Naughty Dog. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, yep. if, if Naughty it's, Dog says, yeah, it's the same idiots that go onto the Twitter page of Destiny, Apex, yeah. any game and just do dead game every time they tweet, even though that's nowhere near, nowhere near the same department, nowhere near the same anything. And just doing that isn't going to make them stop development. The game's always going to be there. If you don't like it, then don't play oh, it. Oh, no. It's not going to stop them at all. Because the ones that went after Steve, man, did Naughty Dog circle them damn wagons around Steve. They were, <laughs> they, they, were like, they were like, yeah, come at me, bro. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Naughty Dog just became my favorite developer of all time. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, dear, I was happy about that. Dear, <laughs> dear that guy, you know. Bitch all you want, but uh, Part Two sold four million copies in its opening weekend. So yeah. you know, clearly, yeah. Yeah. clearly, yeah. your yeah. efforts are really stemming the tide in your favor, right? <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go lightning round. I'm gonna give one question. I'm gonna <clears throat> one question to each of you twice. So it'll be six total questions. But this is lightning round, so you gotta answer quick. <laughs> Brandon, okay. I'm gonna okay. go to you first. Okay. All right. Giraffe scenes. Your thoughts. <laughs> um. <laughs> I never I never played the first one, but watching that reveal in the first one was amazing because it it told it somehow told so many stories with no like actual like with very little words. It somehow it, it showed that like how quickly nature would take over if we just stopped. And I think Steve was right that the museum scene is the same exact thing in the second one of a complete connection between the player and the game that you just understand instead of having to have it told to you or or shown to you it's it's just it's you you see it and it's it's understood nice all right steve <laughs> since you have you have both the xbox the new one and the 
PS5. Any accessibility features in either of those that just kind of immediately leap out at you? Uh, no comment. I can't say anything until after embargo. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, that's how you play lightning round, Steve. Uh, Believe no. Here's the thing. Because the reason why. Here's how strict the security is from Sony. I am not allowed to take this PS5 out of my room. Oh. Didn't matter if I live alone. Sniper on a parallel rooftop, just staring at your apartment window. You have to secure it in it. They just say you have to secure it in a room, and it's not allowed to leave. He's taking it to the bedroom. I have a clear shot. It comes so with, I have permission yeah. to take the shot. It comes with the, the new. That's how strict this embargo is. So that's why I'm like I can't say anything. It's the new like. I do want to. I do want to say one thing though. When, when it's when it's when the embargo is lifted, I want you, Steve, to do the same thing that Nathan Fillion did. When, there was a picture of the Nathan Fillion. It went viral. It's Nathan Fillion. You can tell he is he is shirtless. He is in bed and he's holding his PS4, like he and and it says, "Yo, PS4. Last night was dope." <laughs> <laughs> I want you to do that for the PS5. <laughs> it's good because it, 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 we'll the we'll design, see. they give you the uh, the actual console and then the matching controller and then the matching house alert uh, anklet so that you, know, you can't, <laughs> can't leave the house with it. It's nice. Uh, I will say, though, in regards to this conversation, keep an eye out uh, when on my YouTube channel. Um, there will be something. Okay. Uh, uh, there will be something there. Okay. Fair That's enough. all I'll say. Okay, T, your thoughts on the upcoming HBO TV show based on The Last of Us? Well, first off, the uh, the the actor that they cast uh, as um, as Joel is, and his name is escaping me, but he's the same actor who played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. I'm down for that. I think he would be perfect as Joel. Um, yeah, yeah, Panic. It, the HBO is going to be doing it as a, as a as a as a series. Um, I also hope that the um, they get the same conductor, the guy who did the music for The Last of Us, because it turns out that the the guy who did the score for that he also did the score for Brokeback Mountain. So hmm. the guy the guy knows how to do emotionally charged music, and um, I I personally think that if they um, if they because st- you know I I don't think the Tomb Raider movie, the last Tomb Raider movie made with um, uh, Alicia Vikander, um, yeah, thank you, Alicia Vikander. I, I really don't think it got enough love because it was very true to the game and it was a lot of fun to watch and I had a good time with it. I had a real good time with it. It's because a lot of video game movies flop right away. Exactly. Um, but but the, the recent Tomb Raider I thought was, 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 was hella fun. And as far as uh, The Last of Us as a series, I think that is perfect because I don't think you could do The Last of Us justice as a two and a half hour movie. But if you're doing it as a series... You've got the time to um, to really expand on it, and I think it's I I, I think it's I think it's uh, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a blast. Okay, Brandon, last question for you. Okay, uh, you're in charge of the sequel. What do you put in it? <laughs> like Last of Us Three? Yes. You cannot do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a lightning round question. Uh, you know uh, what? I would. I'm just. I'll just interrupt and say real quick. I'd be happy if there wasn't a Last of Us. Yeah. No. I agree. This is going to be a hard, hard, hard game to top. Make it a remaster the multiplayer engine. Put it back in. Just give us that. Do what Titanfall One did. Um, There is a multiplayer coming supposedly. Yeah. uh, But they just haven't announced when or how that's that's going to come out yet. And then keep the accessibility settings, and then that's yes, please. Maybe add more, and then that'd be my answer. 
Okay. Steve, last one for you. Skybridge. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts. Oh, oh, God. oh, oh that was God. that was scary and I love it. It was amazing, like uh, character uh, growth, and uh, uh, I loved it. I loved it. Cool. Okay, T. Last question is yours. Rat King, your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair because these two were actually present for that entire Rat King moment. Um, I actually, I actually have it in a uh, in a in a clip. Uh, There's a clip where I'm like, okay, something's coming. Something's coming. And then it just burst into the ambulance. And I went, da hell. Mm-hmm. Da hell, chat. Da hell. And in the words of Don't Panic, T's screams were amazing. I mean, <laughs> they weren't phasmophobia level of amazing, but they were pretty much, they were real close. They were real close. Um, yeah, that Rat King fight was uh, utterly ridiculous in, in in every possible way that, that was good. I mean, um, I'm trying to think what scared me more, that or the sky bridge. Um, but uh, but but the I, th- I think what I think what was what was terrific about <clears throat> about the Rat King segment was the building tension all the way up to it. I yeah. mean, you see the blood smear on the floor. You know, this is where you have to go. I mean, dude, it, it was agony watching you take so long on that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it just kept getting worse and worse. But that was the thing. I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure I get, I have because that was one of my problems with the Last of Us, the original. With the with the original Last of Us, um, original. It was it was it was. I would go in, and I wouldn't have any bullets to my name. You know, I mean, I I, I want. So I said, you know what? When I play Last of Us too. I'm going to check every nook. I'm going to check every cranny. I'm going to make sure that I can find, I can find uh, what I need to, to make sure I can make it to the next, to the next, next part. And that was the thing. I, I actually felt like I was a, a better player with the last of us part two. I had fewer, fewer, um, I had fewer deaths um, in, uh, in, in, in the second than the part two than in part one. Um, now, as far as uh, someone just mentioned, um, uh, someone just mentioned that uh, that Rat King was probably inspired by a lot of Resi Evil stuff, which I mean, yeah, I would agree that. But the thing is that it also, um, I just really, really enjoyed the, the 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 entire atmosphere, the entire oeuvre of that of that segment. And and I'm sure for people who had who had gone through it, um, people were like, "Ot, you're just you're just delaying the inevitable. Just rip off the damn band aid for Pete's sake." Um, <laughs> And um, and I will say, but I will say that I think The Last of Us Part Two, as a gamer, helped me improve where I could, instead of just staying in one location, I'm like, wait, I have this entire map that I can go through, and I and I was able to to stay alive a lot longer, especially with the Rat King, because I was able to run back into other rooms, I was able to 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 duck back and forth, and that's that's I would say overall, it's made me a better gamer. Um, so yeah, Rat King was. That was a good ride. <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh, that's it for my questions. We are at almost exactly two hours. Uh, if you've got any in chat, let us know. And then otherwise, uh, why doesn't everybody say how people can find them on the internet? And then we'll wrap this thing up. Steve, take us out. Uh, yeah, you can be able to find me uh, on my uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snowball. Uh, or you can find me uh, on Twitter uh, at Steve Saylor. 
Uh, or you can be able to find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash blindgamersteve. And as for myself, uh, well, you're already here at twitch.tv forward slash the T-Monster. Thanks for being here tonight. I really do appreciate it. It has been an absolute pleasure hosting the Geek Wolfpack podcast found at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. Um, but other places you can find me is uh, happyhourfromthetower.com where uh, I get to these two guys, Nick and Brandon, will bring in special guests like Steve and we will go on ahead and we uh, do a podcast about Destiny 2. There's also the sharedesk.com. Uh, we, we being me and my better Pip Valentine, we get together and we talk about being a writing couple and writing collaboration and writing projects. That's what that's what we do there. Um, and then, of course, you can find me as the Team Monster, not just on Twitch, but on Instagram as well. On Twitter, it is simply T Monster. That's T E M O N S T E R. And finally, uh, when I finally start uh, blogging again, I will be some uh, some brand new fresh content on uh, <clears throat> tmorris.com. And speaking of fresh content, there is new fresh content now on podcastingfordummies.com because the fourth edition is about to come out. It will be out at uh, bookstores everywhere. Feel free to pick up a copy of that along with Twitch for Dummies and Discord. Guys, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, continuing the list of websites that are just your name, uh, nickkelly.com is where I post my reviews and interviews, and uh, you can find links to my my writing up there. We are also, again, Happy Hour from the Tower, which is the, the uh, Destiny podcast that we do, uh, the Geek Wolf Pack podcast we do. Also, uh, everybody on here is all part of ADHDDnd.com, which is our Dungeons & Dragons uh, <laughs> gameplay podcast. And, uh, and then on Twitter, it's just at Nick underscore Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Uh, I'm basically everywhere as Thermal Wolf, all one word, two Fs. Um, and on Twitter, it's the same thing, but 42 after. No, uh, on Twitch, it's the same thing with two, uh, with 42 after. Whenever I decide to stream, usually whenever T is streaming. <laughs> um, otherwise, I live pretty much through these two numbskulls. Uh, <laughs> Correct. With the podcast and T stream always hopping on there. So Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that's everything I had. T, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the big red button and stop recording. If you want to keep your stream going, that's awesome. Uh, but I definitely want to thank all of you because clearly this was a game that that had a huge impact on all of you because we said we'd probably go an hour and we went two, and <laughs> and I loved your answers. I loved your context. And I loved your reactions. And next time there's something this epic, let's do it again. Sounds good. Thanks, great. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Geek Wolfpack Podcast, a member of the Geek Wolfpack Network. Check out our other podcasts and streams at facebook.com slash geekwolfpacknetwork. All original music used in this episode is proudly composed and performed by members of the Wolfpack. This podcast is protected by a non-commercial, no-derivative, shared